Today on Locked On Canadians, it was 3-1. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 924. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla. And folks, sometimes we forget that hockey is not that deep, and sometimes we just need to remember that it's supposed to be fun. And you know what's really, really fun is when the Toronto Maple Leafs drop a 3-1 lead. That's right. The Montreal Canadiens win the game in overtime. So as is customary, normally at the beginning of the week, we have our three up and three down. We postponed it uh, one day because we wanted to talk about all the games all together. Um, and also we're going to talk about who at this point is the preseason MVP. But let's get into the game recap. And Scott, I can see you rubbing your hands together. Let's talk about this. So this game was hilarious in that the Canadians just came out, punched Toronto in the mouth, went down a goal or went up a goal, gave up two goal, three goals in a row. Actually, it was three one, which LOL. And just they didn't quit on the game. It was frustrating because they have stretches of good play and do great things with it and then give up a goal or be defensively inept or take penalties in this like it's a game that it's like there's progress being made here they played legitimately well with the net empty this time to start the game they had a good cycle game going when they were down low Uh, a lot of the players in this had flashes of very good and very bad on both sides of the puck it was exactly what you want from a learning game and a preseason game here. And yes, it's a preseason game, but that's probably as close to Toronto's opening night roster and Montreal's opening night roster as it will get, give or take, you know, Mike Matheson, John Klingberg, et cetera, in the lineup on either side of this. But the Canadians didn't really quit. Jake Allen had a start out of all the starts I've seen from NHL goalies. This was one of them. (laughs) <laughs> where he was very good in some circums in some cases and very bad in others, like a lot of other players. He let in the first shot he saw, and it was terrible, but he made a lot of big saves and kept them in the game. It's it's very fun to see a game like this, to be on the side of a game like this, and that it I there's so much to say in this. Like it, it felt like a regular season game. It was angry. It was chippy. There were a lot of plays. Checks were finished. Penalties were taken. Dudes wanted to fight other dudes in some form of boy math or boy combat or whatever we're calling it now here. And at the end of it, the Canadians kind of did what they needed to do here and got the win. And yeah, preseason wins don't mean a damn thing. Except for when you're a team looking to build a baseline here. The Canadians can play, take the good out of this game that they had tonight and distill that into what they do in the regular season. They're going to be fine. I liked what I saw. I liked the line with Kirby Doc. I liked seeing Nick Suzuki. I thought Sean Monaghan and everybody played well. 
the negatives were there, but at the same time, I saw a lot of good in this game, and I'm going to choose to highlight that first before we go into three up, three down, because Toronto blew a 3-1 lead, and it's never not funny. It's never not funny anymore. And I think after the previous game, which obviously did not go this well, um, there were a lot of, there were some comments where it was, you know, Montreal had closer to their regular season roster and Toronto didn't and Toronto seemed to wipe the floor but it's also like when you're putting players who are fighting for a chance in the lineup or fighting for a chance for a new contract or whatever all of that and you put them against like most of the Montreal roster that was playing that previous game like they knew whether where they stood right like when you're trying to put people who prove themselves, um, obviously the game was going to go that way. But I was just looking at the box score. If you caught me in the background, I was like trying to scroll down. I was looking for the time on ice of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And they both played almost 22 minutes each. Like this is like a regular season night for that line. Right. Um, and obviously you saw you saw their players like Tavares was playing. So I I think. You kind of and Nylander was playing it like you look at that Ross. You look at it's the it's the big guns. It's the it's the offensive uh, core of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Montreal was still able to win this game with their admittedly not quite their roster, right? And I I thought there were a couple players that really really shown in that particular game. I know we're gonna get into three up three down for like the the past few games. Um, I thought Kirby Doc, Nick Suzuki. I, it, those were that that was a good game by both of them. The top two centers on this team look great. Kirby Doc has been incredible this preseason. He's drawing penalties. He's playing, and it was as our friend Mark Dumont described it, like Clifford the Big Red Dog, because he's bigger than everybody, and he's using that. And I'm hoping Slavkovsky can follow uh, after that in this. They were both very good. You know, uh, Kirby Doc was part of the shorthanded goal. Jonathan Kovacevic, as we were talking about before the show, like Martin St. Louis is praising him. They know he's smart. You know, he helped them get back in this game. He set up the shorthanded goal by passing it up to Monaghan, Monaghan to Doc, and he scored the 4-3 goal to keep them within striking distance to get that empty net goal and tie the game and get to overtime. And someone put out a stat card tonight about Jordan Harrison, Jonathan Kovacevic when they played together last year and what their, uh, their, you know, wins above the placement card looks like. And it's great. And I think that that's a duo they should put together because they're so it's all up here and it's not even cerebral. It's just smart, simple hockey. And I think that's what you really want if you're the Montreal Canadians. And I, it's hard to not be a fan of this and, I, they seem unflappable together. Like, I mean, we already knew that Harris was unflappable. Um, and the underlying numbers, obviously, for Kovacevic were, were great. Um, I just, when you put them together, it feels like you can very strongly rely on them to keep the puck where it's supposed to be. And I think that, for me, it's so underrated. Like, people talk about how, like, you know, they don't offer that much. It's like, well, what are you looking at? What metrics are you looking at? If they're, if you're talking about scoring goals, no, they don't. But if you're talking about keeping the puck out of the net, but also bringing the game forward, like moving it back into offense, like they're so good at this. And it's just, it goes completely unnoticed. And it feels like in every single micro situation, they make the right decision. And like, and I have to highlight this in this game because it wouldn't be a Toronto game if I didn't. 
Josh Anderson taking it personally every time he plays Toronto and just being a nuisance is one of the funniest running memes that this team will create. Josh Anderson could not score for three months and they could play the Leafs three times in two weeks and he will put up like seven goals across those three games. And I, he hates them so much and it is so effing funny that he is the one who got it to overtime tonight because I saw that he was on the ice and I saw the minute I saw Doc pivot and Anderson's in the slot. I'm like, we're going to overtime at this point because if there is one thing that hasn't happened in this game, it is Josh Anderson scoring against the Leafs. And it, it, it's funny because it's, it's, I, it doesn't make sense. Like Suzuki and Caulfield get into good scoring areas and do this. Josh Anderson through sheer force of will and pure spite, for the Toronto Maple Leafs Hockey Club, just scores goals to be a spiteful, petty little poop poster on the ice. And I adore this thing. It's the most powerful version of the Canadians we have is that it used to be, you know, certain players against certain teams would always Tyler Toffoli against Vancouver in the COVID season. Josh Anderson against the Leafs is like a new pantheon of like gods. You know, you had Guy Lafleur playing against the Bruins or Ken Dryden playing against You have Josh Anderson just spite scoring the Leafs. The Habs are not going to be good this year. I will bank on him scoring in every goal against the Leafs this year as long as he is healthy. And it is, it's just so funny because what do you do? You just put your hands up and go, of course he did. How many times have we seen people do that to the Habs where we just go, of course that guy scored. Brandon Dubinsky for how many freaking years was that? That's Josh Anderson to the Leafs, and I it's it's funny. It's really, truly my favorite thing going right now. If nobody got me, I know Josh Anderson scoring on the Leafs has got me. <laughs> and remember, like this is it. You know, to circle back on my earlier point, hockey is supposed to be fun. Preseason doesn't mean anything. Don't poop on this parade. Like, have fun. <laughs> it was 3-1. Josh Anderson is a golden god against the Toronto Maple Leafs. In the meantime, speaking of fun, we have our weekly three up, three down. It is uh, a day late. Usually we have it on Mondays, but we wanted to include tonight's game. Um, And that is all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. How often do you find out an artist that you love is going to be in town and you fear you missed the boat on buying tickets? And then you get into this mad scramble to get your hands on any ticket to this show. This keeps happening to me all the time, but I know that getting tickets should not be stressful. So I turned to Game Time. Game Time has flash deals and it is so easy to use. And it is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And the all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Do not get me started on fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just a couple of taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
All right, it is our weekly three up and three down. And as always, we start with the three down first so that we can start on the lower note, but then end on a higher note. And Scott, who is on your to be improved list for this week? <laughs> Uh, for those who listen to Monday's episode, already know where exactly where this is going. Uh, whoever runs the power play, just <laughs> stop it. I, I don't know what it is, but just stop doing it. The penalty kill in the games that I've watched this week is outscoring the Canadians' power play. And that's both hilarious because it means the penalty kill is getting better. Great. Cool. We love that. It means the power play also sucks because the penalty kills only scored two goals. Like, Do we it, know who's running the power play at this point? One of our listeners asked us, and I'm like, I honestly, I think it might be Satan. I, yeah, it could be at this point. Like, And the thing is, because Alex Burrows at the end of the game, and Ian Boisvert points this out all the time, is he's the one drawing up plays on like the whiteboard. So I assume he is still having some input into the power play here as far as I can tell. If he isn't and Martin St. Louis is doing it and it's still not working and it's gotten actively worse, try literally anything else. Just I watch a new coach. Just have like 10 coaches. It's fine. You're Jeff Molson. Just go make another batch of something and you can hire a coach for a year or an analyst <laughs> to do something like this. And I watched Toronto's power play in this game, how they worked it down low to the goal line and then went across the high danger areas. And they didn't always convert, but they were dangerous. They had the tabs scrambling. I get that you don't have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, but you can still make a similar system work with what you have. It's you don't not, always have not. to score, but you can be dangerous instead of being disappointing. And that's the thing is I would take them looking improved on this too. I don't want a top. I don't get me wrong. I want a top 10 power play. I am asking for league average, which is not a huge ask on this. So my, my biggest down sure? <laughs> apparently, I apparently it is. I was, I didn't think it was that big of an ask, but apparently it is now like, my whole thing is that I just want a league average power play. It is my biggest down from watching the preseason so far. It's rough and it's just be better, please. Begging you to be better. Uh, do we have any other downs or is it just the power play? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the discipline's a little bit lacking, uh, to be honest. And this is not just Arbor Jack, I, Logan, Mayu, other players. It's, they were in the box a lot for sticks and stick infractions and everything. And for the first couple of weeks of the season, they call that stuff like it is life and death. And the Canadians, who sometimes struggle on the penalty kill and have gotten less than ideal goaltending through the preseason here across the board, it hasn't been horrific, but it hasn't been what they hoped it would be, is not what you want. It's a it's a losing combination. So you just need to like tighten things up a little bit. And that's exactly it. And uh, my biggest down for this is uh, it's the first national broadcast I've gotten to watch in this preseason because uh, they've had a few on uh, TSN and RDS has had most of them based on the availability that I've had to watch. Uh, Sportsnet should be ashamed of themselves for that product that they put out in this game because it was horrendous. I've never seen a broadcast that is and I get it. There will be favoritism towards the more popular team right now. And that's Toronto and everyone's eyes are on them. And I get it. It I've never seen a national broadcast skewed so far in one direction. And then they, and that's just in the intermissions. There are two teams playing and 90% of it is talking about one of them, which is kind of frustrating. If you're tuning in as someone wanting to know what else is going on. And then in game itself, it is not hard to learn how to pronounce a player's name. 
it, it really truly is not. And I try my hey. best that I am not always great. <laughs> at I can't it. even I, figure out how to say Kovacevic. Jonathan Kovacevic. It, to be fair, it was Slavkovsky for you last year. It was always two tries and then the <laughs> third one was Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky. <laughs> Which, and the thing about it is, is you are the national broadcast. You are the pinnacle of what this is supposed to be. I heard Malu, Maliu, Mayu. It's, I heard Ulanin, Yulonin, Alonin. And it's just like, ask somebody how this is pronounced. They give you a pronunciation guide with the team sheets. And you can ask somebody about this to just kind of guess at it and stumble over it for three periods when you are the top peak broadcast is embarrassing. And yes, I get it. Like it is difficult to sometimes learn, but I look at everything else. I look at guys like Gordon Miller who go out of the way to ask the players, how do you pronounce this? That is an extra step that is important here. And Gordon Miller covers a lot of international hockey where there's a lot more uh, complicated or, you know, not straightforward names to just be going into this and treating it like, you know, some Bush league kind of broadcast is just, it's garbage. It's fans deserve better than what they're getting tonight. And it's like, are we watching the same game? Are you trying to, you know, be involved in this? And it's just so frustrating um, to the point that I, the Slack chat is open behind me here because someone asked about the OT call from the Habs Twitter and it was the RDS feed in which they they compared it to the Sportsnet feed. Someone on Twitter was looking at it and going, it's night and day that I don't understand French, but I would listen to whoever is calling the game on RDS, which of course is Pierre Houd, the legend himself. Who also, by the way, makes it a point to ask every single player how they would like their name pronounced in French. And that's the thing is it's like it makes a difference. And it's I watch the English broadcast more often than not so I can pick up names if I'm doing something and work because I multitask while I'm watching games. If I had the choice, I would watch every broadcast in French because there's passion and excitement behind that. And they are what pretty I, good quality. The, the ones on RDS, like I like I'm not a. I'm not enamored with the ones on TVA Spa at this point, but it's also a relatively new product, right? And they don't they don't have the legend himself. So, but the quality of the analysis and the discussion is also much better, despite some of the issues that I have with it. It is far far better. And the thing that like I feel like Sportsnet is forgetting is that yes, it's true that the majority of Habs fans that are in Quebec are probably going to tune into RDS because the product is better. But also, most of us are francophone. Um, but at the same time, there's a whole bunch of Habs fans, not just in Canada, not just in Quebec or Anglophone, not just in Canada, but like everywhere that will want to watch this broadcast in English. And not only that, there's a whole bunch of other fans that are invested in the Leafs losing, right? So like alienating them by only really having this bias, like, like that, that's like altitude sports. Yes, and here's here's my final note on this too, just so it's like I'm not saying, oh, they only love the Leafs. I think they might just might not be good at this anymore. Like there are times kind of like that, the refs, how they don't hate your team, they just suck. Yes, and it's like I've listened to some broadcasts where it's like there was a game against Detroit last year, I think, that sounded like they were broadcasting a funeral. That like they were being <laughs> held at gunpoint to call the game. And yes, I get it, it was the Montreal Canadiens and Detroit Red Wings in 2023, but like Show will uh, act like you give it a little bit of a damn, at least. I don't know. Like that's 
I realize my downs, there's probably more analysis that needs to be made in this, but I'm going to take a look at the preseason numbers uh, in between day trips and stuff for work. But for right now, my downs are mostly tied into what I saw tonight and over the last couple games because it, it's, I'm not going to be too mad. They just, it was three, one. I'm going to, I'm in a good mood uh, this Monday evening, to be honest. So like, it's hard to not be having a good time. I also think that we should talk about the three up and that's coming up in just one moment, including who so far is the preseason MVP. It's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And the official partner of the three down is the three up. <laughs> so, Scott, <laughs> um, who is our three up and who is our preseason MVP? I have a guess as to the three people you're going to say. But I'm going to keep it to myself for a moment. And then I'm going to say I was right when you say the names. Well, I'm going to save the MVP for last in this just because I think that makes the most sense. Uh, my ups as of the last couple games that I've watched, uh, one is definitely going to Kirby Doc. I think Kirby Doc's been phenomenal. And it's not slowing down the narrative of is Nick Suzuki the one C or is it Kirby Doc? And I say it doesn't matter. Shut up and enjoy it. Uh, Doc has taken his game to another level and he has been by far uh, on my up list this entire preseason. I've loved what I've seen from him across the board. Uh, also on the up list and despite sorry, <laughs> and no longer uh, with the Habs, he's in uh, Laval Rocket training camp here, uh, is William Trudeau. I've really, I was really, really impressed with him. I was talking with Ian Barber about it and that I think he's going to be very quickly in line for a call up when, Bodies are moved out. Bodies are into the press box for whatever reason. I think All he's very. <laughs> they have they added four people to injured list across both teams today. So we're getting we're getting off to a great start in uh in that regard. Uh, he's definitely on there. And my last up, and I think the most surprising one for me because I went in with no expectations for them in camp, uh, is Matthias Norlinder. I think Norlinder has shown a lot of maturing in his game that I didn't see last year in the rookie showcase or in the preseason, or even with the rocket. A lot of times he still has some baffling decisions. He's still younger and they are prone to happen. It's a thing that happens with young defensemen. But what I have noticed is he is so much more assertive with the puck on a stick. When he makes a thing, he is not half-assing it. He is going for it. Uh, his opening goal uh, tonight, uh, you know, got the scoring started and everything on the power play. He's direct with his attacks, and he looks more and more and more like the kid we saw over in Sweden with Frölunda and other teams there. And it's really hard to not want to root for him. I know that there's a chance he's going to be a waivers casualty just because he doesn't require waivers to go down, and they got to figure that out. But if there's someone who's earned the spot on the Canadians this year out of all the prospect defensemen, I think Norlinder is that guy. 
And yes, defensive games a work in progress, but I like what I've seen in the upside from everything else here. And I think Matthias Norlander is probably my biggest surprise out of training camp and into the preseason this year for all the right reasons. And I love that. I absolutely adore that. And I really hope there's a big season ahead for him, whether he's in the AHL or playing a role in the NHL this season. And finally, time for the MVP. It's Kirby Doc. <laughs> it's 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 not hard to, you know. Wait, look did at what we he's... do three up? We did Norlinder, we did it Trudeau. Norlinder, Trudeau, and, and Doc. Kirby Doc. Right. Yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know if you had an interjection on your three ups of the preseason here too or not. Not at all. I was just gonna apologize because I tried to put something away and I kept dropping it and I wasn't on mute. So sorry to the listeners for those two clanging sounds. It's just a necklace. It's not it's not it's nothing serious. Um I almost said I'm okay in the middle of the, uh, <laughs> of, the of the recording, uh, but yes, Herbie Doc. I think for me, one thing is that most of the people are who I expected them to be, if that makes sense. So in terms of my three up, three down, like it could have been anyone from the guys that I was expecting. Um, and to be honest, even with the Slavkovsky thing, it's going exactly like I envisioned that it would. Um, I think we still need to have a little bit of patience. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that are, uh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. We don't need to chicken little Uri Slavkovsky. He's still pretty young and the Canadians have put him in a, um, very strange situation to say the least. They might send him down. I don't know. That might be good for him. I don't know. But either way, like everything is kind of like, there's nobody that's really surprising me, you know, um, except for Caden Primo, really, <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't expect that much. Like, I didn't expect that much Caden Primo out of Caden Primo. Um, but in the meantime, like, I think you're right with Kirby Doc, uh, just because he's just so good at anticipation, I find. He's been so good at playing a ground a grinding cycling style without being a grinding cycling boring type like we've talked about how Yol Armia used to be able to cycle the puck for days and you know maybe not do anything with it Kirby Doc does things with that and I've and I look at the team tonight too is that he was the lines were all shuffled up here and that Anderson's playing here that there was no new hook in the lineup tonight Armia's still out injured Lindstrom didn't play etc and they, they stepped up in a way to absolutely fill that void. And Kirby Doc is making that line tick. And I think he's brought the best out of Uri Slavkovsky. I'm still not 100% sure what they're going to do with Slavkovsky yet. I could understand sending him to the AHL. The AHL team is stacked after Philippe Maillet and Leah Sanderson both cleared waivers after everybody else did. It's a crowded group here. And he's not in danger of falling behind anybody or being left behind anybody. That's not going to happen. It's the opportunities is, you know, iron sharpens iron is, you know, the phrase, right? He's got a lot of good talent at either level to work in with and make things happen. And I see all the little things that he's doing and pairing him up with Kirby Doc, someone who is a similar frame, went through similar growing pains and everything coming into the league here. Things seem to be trending in the right direction there. And I'm hoping they keep Doc and Slavkovsky together to start the year. Maybe it's Monahan on that line. Maybe it's Alex Newhook. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it's Rafael Harvey-Pernard. Maybe it's, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I don't know. There's options. But Doc bringing the best out of him, I think, is what the Canadians want to see going into this preseason here. Or out of this preseason here. 
And I got to be honest, like he's Doc being my preseason MVP shouldn't shock anybody at this point. He's been very, very, very good. Uh, and I'm glad to see that he's hitting his stride in year two right away. We know he can play center away from Suzuki and Caulfield. And now it's time to start deepening that Canadian's attack. And hopefully the goals and everything come with that now too. And I wanted to do a quick Monday shout out to a commenter uh, who brought back a writer Halak and a second reference <laughs> back into our <laughs> comment section the other day. Um, and if you guys don't know what that is, don't worry, because a listener requested an intro to being a Habs fan guide from us, which we will do in one of the off days of this uh, coming. Well, it might even still be in the preseason or in the coming season. We'll definitely do one of those. Why we hate the Bruins, who we hate and why what it was 3-1 is all about or it was 4-1 or there's so many different pieces of Habs lore out there. So we will be doing one of those uh, on listener request. In the meantime, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You'll find us on the app formerly known as Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find us on social media individually as uh, I'm the active stick and Scott is at Scott Matla. In the meantime, uh, please subscribe, review, tell your friends so people can find us. And as you know, we are here five days a week. So obviously, we will talk to you tomorrow.